What's up, party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as five, six, seven, eight. That's right. It's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back. And it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap. It's easy. And once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. What's up guys? Recently I've been working with an incredible company called Quiet Media. Quiet Media create beautiful video reels, vocal reels, self-tapes, music videos and many, many more. So if you're looking to capture your idea on a video or via audio, then Quiet Media is for you. Go to quietmedia.co.uk or find them on Instagram at quiet underscore media. That's quietmedia.co.uk or at quiet underscore media. Also, don't forget to tell them that you're from the Ins and Outs podcast to receive that special luxury treatment. I promise you, you will not regret investing in this company to help you capture your imagination or your creativity. That's quietmedia.co.uk. Pow. The Ins and Outs podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs podcast, I speak to Terence and Kiri from U Management. We have such a great chat. I ask them lots of questions about being an agency or a management company. And I ask them what makes them stand out from other companies. We also ask them questions which people have wrote in. They were very, very beneficial. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Here is U Management. Hello. Hello, hello. I can hear people. Hello, Mr. Kane Silver. Hello. Hello. How are we, guys? Good. Good. How are you? I am fantastic. Uh, what are you guys doing on this beautiful Tuesday? What have you been up to? Uh, we just finished our daily office meeting, just right. talking about this lovely situation that we're going in and <laughs> what's happening this week. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, does this uh, affect you guys drastically? Had things started picking up a little bit? They did a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, there was some stuff picking up and there was a lot of companies, you know, that were sending NDAs and just stuff starting again, but we're not allowed to talk about it. Um, but now obviously that's all coming down again and crashing. Absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh. there was a, there was a little bit, you know, a couple of weeks ago where things really did start picking up, and it was like, yes, you know, come on, yes, we're busy, you know, we're back to busy, busy, busy times again. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah, I it's saw. Just I crazy. saw six were going to open back up, and then it's like, nope. Yeah, they're out. Yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, Kerry, we've no, I don't know if we ever met before. Yes, we met when you did Boys with Attitude. 
Wow, that was a very long time ago, wasn't it? Back in the day. Yeah. So I got the Terrence. How long ago is that? It's got to be like 2010, like, right? Yeah, that's like 10 years. 10 years ago since I was crazy. an Attitude Boy. <laughs> that's crazy. But Terence, now you look like you could be an Attitude Boy. I know, I've had time to go to the gym every day. It's great. This is the, the best shape my body has been in since I've retired from the stage. Because <laughs> yeah. normally I go to the gym like twice a month. Now yeah. it's like every day. Your Instagram picture, I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> was that just a good selfie moment? Or did you catch it at a good Always time? Oh, good lighting. Constant? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> so, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, thank you I was, for no, my pleasure. Uh, I wanted to pick your brains because I don't really get to talk to many um, agents on here. I get to speak to lots of different performers, um, but I don't really get to speak to many agents or management companies. Um, and there, I know there are questions for the listeners that they would like to, you know, that they've asked, they've sent in, and they'd like to know the answers to. But before we get into that, would you like to give like a little, I guess, a little background on how? you became because you've both been in the performers am i correct yes Yes. correct so if you want to give like a little backlog of yourself so if people who don't know you very well yeah so kiri and i met performing when we were very young we were 19 um and we (laughs) met (laughs) many many decades ago no we met on this uh, performing contract it was a cruise contract um and then we basically just kind of became best friends um, and now, what is it, nine years ago? Although I can't keep track. Uh, but yeah, I started U Management. It was a dream that we always had together. We always wanted to have an agency uh, that really supports the artists and that really believes in, yeah, the, that part of the business of supporting the artists and not just doing it for the money, which unfortunately sometimes this happens uh, in our industry. Um, so we wanted something a little bit different. And that's when, yeah, we started now U Management nine years ago. Did you feel like um, when you started it, did you feel like there was a need for more management and agencies? Because I don't know what like musical theatre world is like. I I have no idea. But I remember in probably around 2010 as well, uh, I probably had like 13 agents (laughs) that could not get me work. You know, like, did you feel like obviously there probably wasn't much of a need for it. But what did you feel like you could, I guess, bring different to the table than the other bazillion agencies that existed Who's going to answer? I thought you were going to take that <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll take it yeah I think I think obviously you know with us as performers back in the day and kind of you know it was obviously a, a thing that we talked about when we were performing what would we like to do when we retire mm-hmm. you know what 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 is it that kind of you know will keep our creative minds in the loop you know of you know from from not performing anymore and um you know we, we talked about a lot of things you know uh, things like choreographing which we've both done you know mm-hmm. we've both choreographed uh, shows and produced shows and you know Terence has a, a big handle on that um but one of the main points were helping others you know, like ourselves, we were so fortunate in our careers when we graduated to have such an amazing career that, you know, it was imperative to us to help others when, you know, they graduate from performing. So, you know, it wasn't a case of thinking, oh, well, you know, there's not enough agents out there or there are too many agents out there. Let's become an agent. It was more of a case of 
I think putting back into our, you know, into our industry from our point of view and the experience that we had to give to others. Yeah. So almost like Terence said, taking it from an artist's point of view, you know, what artists want as a supportive agent. Um, so I think it was just something that we wanted to do just to give back and just help others. And, you know, we still had a passion mm -hmm. for the industry and we thought, well, why not? What we both really enjoy as well is nurturing that client, that talent. Um, and I think when we were both performing, I mean, I had, I remember I had a million commercial dance agencies yeah. um, and I had one <laughs> musical theater agency. That's always been a rule. Um, but I remember also that I, they got me auditions. I went to the audition, but there wasn't really like even a phone call at the end of the day. Oh, hey, how did it go today? Um, and that's something that, you know, we do, you know, is whether it's a message in the morning, hey, good luck, have a great audition. Or do you know what you're going to be singing? Um, you know, when you graduate, what can I wear? And you're, I'm going in for Cabaret or Chicago. Do you think this is an appropriate outfit? So it, that development with the artists that we enjoy going through. And that's something that I don't think I got when I was with my agent. Um, and something that not everyone does nowadays too. I know there's a lot of agencies that do this, uh, which is lovely. Um, but I've had it with, so I had a client um, on set for something a couple of weeks ago. And at the end of the day, I just called and I was like, hey, so how was today? Just, it was, there were, it's for a big movie now. She, it was the workshops. Um, and she was like, oh, you know, talked about it, great. Um, and then she sent me an email the day after going, you know, I was with my friend. And she said, the agent never does that. So that's yeah. something that we just um, take for granted. This is what you do. You know, it's management. We're not just an agency. What we do is management. So, of course, it's following yeah. the process and all of that. Yeah. And, and I think as well, you know, going going back, you know, back way, way back, when we were auditioning, um, you know, for various things, if it was an open, you know, we would always kind of call our friends and be like, guys, you know that this audition is happening. You yeah. know, why don't we all tag along and go to, you know, the, the same audition? And it was always a case of us kind of really hustling to find where these auditions are coming from, what's going on, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a, you know, a standpoint for us when we decided to to do you management you know you know we could actually help other uh, we could actually manage people into like going to auditions yeah. you know let's 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 just try and you know create a create a musical theater agency that's you know like a little bit different yeah i, I really like the fact that you like you've obviously put into your I would say business plan, but I guess it's just organic for you guys. But to have that relationship with your client, because you, you, Terence, you nailed it on the head. Like in the commercial world, it's not very often you get a text or a phone call. Yeah. And how was it? You know, you normally just sent the the location and the details. Can you make it? And then you get told if you if you got the job. Normally, you don't even get told if you didn't get the job. Yeah. You know? Even if you got to the end and you feel like you're a you're a prospect for getting. I don't know, the EMAs or whatever you've auditioned for, you don't even normally get a no thank you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but what I found whilst I was in the States with having that sole agent was that it was the same relationship and it was a it was more of a partnership, you know? Yeah. Like it was like, well, if I succeed, you succeed. And if you succeed, I succeed. And it was kind of everything was pitched that way. So it was always trying to bring out the best of the client and the same kind of thing, like oh, you've got an audition for Fatima, uh, this is the brief. I think you should go and try and look more hip hop for this one. You know, there would be like a kind of some coaching along with it. Yeah. 
And I feel like that's, that is definitely something that I found lacked in the UK. But I think it's also the difference between agencies and management agencies. And I think in a commercial world, there's a lot of agencies and they will have hundreds and hundreds of dancers. Mm -hmm. um, whereas when it comes to musical theatre, acting, you know, what we do is just, there's, it's more management. So we don't have hundreds of clients. Each, each agent has their own book of clients and it's a limited number. So then, you know, you can keep on top of them um, mm -hmm. on what they're doing and how the auditions are going and their development. You know, maybe some of them take in singing lessons, some of them take in acting lessons, or, you know, you'll have an actor who wants to learn tap. And so after a few weeks, I'm like, oh, I have your lesson. How are they going? And it's, you can kind of follow the process, the career. That's what, you know, management does. Yeah, I, I that's... I'm assuming, and that's why you called it you management, not you agency. Exactly. Um, um, yeah, <laughs> of course. And I do think that's a massive difference because straight away, then your, you know, your interest isn't just about them getting a job; it's about the development of them, also. Yeah. And it's Absolutely. also benefits because development... Sorry, carry on, Kerry. Sorry, Dal. You go. <laughs> you go. I was going to say that's also, you know, the benefit of being with a, you know, big agency that we become now is because if we have someone in the finals um, for Limits, then if my person doesn't get a recall, I will know if someone, another agent, their person will get a recall or they get an offer. So I can let my client know automatically. I mean, casting directors nowadays, they do let clients know when it's the end of the line for that process you know if they're not going to get recalled or if that was it they, they let us know which is great the, the industry has changed a lot in that respect which is really nice um but also being with a big agency then you get to know from the other agents so we are able to let our clients know mm -hmm. yeah kerry were you gonna go sorry you don't have to remind me what I was going <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so, okay. So now you're at that place where, you know, you are a very established agency. Um, how, how did you start? Like, what's the beginning process? Like, what's the first phase? Like, how do you just be like, like, cause we can all go, I'm going to be an agent or I'm going to be a management company, but then how do you go about getting clientele, getting into the doors of casting directors? Like, how do you pitch those things? Because that's always the thing to me. Like, say someone says to me, um, I want to be a choreographer, mm -hmm. uh, which is a common thing. Like, how do you, yeah. you become a choreographer? And it's like, well, you have to create, you know, you have to choreograph and you have to have a, an outlet for people to see it. Because no one, you just say to someone, you're a choreographer, that's, that's okay, that's one, you know, let's plant in one seed, but you you have to somehow show your work before anyone's ever going to employ you, right? But as an agent, how do you go, or a manager, how do you go, I'm a management company and plant the seed? God, you know, I've had this question so many times and I really don't know how to answer it. Like one thing that I can say is if I decide to do something, I'm going to be the best at it. I've mm -hmm. always been the way. Um, and I started with no experience. I never did an internship or been an assistant to any other agency so I really was clueless and I don't know how, but that first year I signed 40 graduates from the top schools in London and somehow they just believed in me, well, which was amazing. Let's not, you know, let's, let's not forget, let's not forget as well, Terence. you know, you, you were doing it all by yourself. You know, Terence yeah. didn't have, didn't, Terence didn't have me at that point. Mm. You know, he, he, he started it completely by himself, you know, and, and, and it's just unbelievable how he just threw himself into it. And, he, you know, he was still working at that point as well. Like he was still, what were you doing? On show, stage. Yeah. Yeah. He was still performing. Was still performing. On stage. Mm. 
I just think I I had values. Well, I still do. Um, but it, I think that's what <laughs> that's what people saw. That has not it gone. Was, <laughs> no, but it's um, that's what people saw. It was I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna manage you, and I'm gonna be the best at it. I'm gonna be good. And I think people believe that and believe in what I was trying to achieve. And as we said before, it was just have an agency that is not slightly different, but you know that would look after the artist that really does that. And I think people just saw that. And even casting directors, I think they realized how we were working and how much we cared about our clients. And so we suddenly, I mean, a lot of casting directors are new from performing, uh, but we suddenly gained all this amazing relationship with all the casting directors because they saw that. Yeah. But going back, you know, Terence always had a knack as well for like negotiating things for people mm-hmm. like I remember like when we danced together back in the in, on the cruise ships um you know we'd done a couple of contracts with each other actually they were back to back we never left each other <laughs> it seems like we never <laughs> left each other and you know I remember him saying to me kids why don't you go in for, da- for dance captain like I think you'd be amazing at dance captain and I was like really would I okay I'll, I'll try it he just seems to like see things in, in in people as well and like what they'd be really good at and mm. he's really good at kind of encouraging that creativity that progression um in people yeah and and I and I I, I he's got that I, I believe well, always, that he I've would help me people, as well you know I always like to push people to achieve the best that they can do you know I'm, yeah. I'm ambitious myself and so I want the best I've always done it with my family with my friends and I'm always like so what are you going to do next that's great you know yeah. want to do more I'll always push people as long as they want to be pushed yeah. I always push them to achieve better things um yeah no that's and great. I think and also I started just you know because you mentioned negotiating I actually was negotiating contracts for a friend of mine um and that's when I then was like oh I actually really enjoy this because um, when it came to myself, I hated it because I, I just, I don't do bullshit. I'm very to the point. And so for me, negotiations, when I was doing for myself, I was like, this is a waste of time. I remember going in for a meeting. I was negotiating my extension in Wicked. And I just went in to the company manager and I was like, look, if you want me to say, I want this and this and this. And if not, I'm going to leave. I was like, there's not going to be any back and forth. I'm not asking you more to get less. It's like, I don't have time for this shit. Yeah. Um, is it this or not? I have thought about it. And, you know, that worked. And I think it was quite reasonable. So he was like, give me a week, give me a week. And then came back and was like, yeah, I can give you all of that. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, so I hated it doing it for myself. But now I actually enjoy doing it for other people. Because you get to, you know, it's it's almost like a game and making sure that everyone gets what they deserve and mm. it's fair. Yeah. Have you seen much of a change in the industry since when you started to now? As in, like, you know, financially, payment-wise, like how people are treated. Do you feel like it's improved or do you feel like it's got worse? And not from your end, but from a, a company standpoint, as in, like, if a casting director's hiring you or if you're working within a, uh, within a production? I think it's getting better. I think the art is getting more respected than before. Maybe mm. not recently. No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, um, that's completely different. I think if we talk about, you know, the the big casting directors, the big companies, then yes, they're definitely, they, they're respecting the artist a lot more. Mm. Staying, going back to when they let us know if someone's audition is not going any further or, you know, all of that, I think it's improving. Um, but there are, there's always little companies that unfortunately will screw over the artists and not look after them and pay them very little money and, and all of that. Yeah. 
because like in the commercial world you know i feel like say in the 2000s like it was you know you got paid well you got treated well you're getting yeah. ad leads everywhere and then like kind of when my career started picking up like 2010 onwards like none of that existed and it was like yeah pe- people would talk about the good old days you know, like everyone be like, oh, when we used to do top, top of the pops, you know, you'd get your residual checks from it. You'd get uh, you get so I much more. Com- when it comes to commercial, then it definitely it's getting worse payment wise, 100 percent. I think with a lot of TV and film as well um, that, you know, years ago, they introduced buyouts. And before you used to get paid for how many times your commercial played. Now you get a buyout. And some of them, especially in the last six months, are not very good. Well, it sounds great when it comes through is when they go, oh, your buyout is £9,000. And you go, oh, okay, that's a yeah. lot of money for one go. But actually, when you go, oh, this is being played for two years every single day, it's not a lot yeah. of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think in, when it comes to the commercial world, I remember when I produced Boys With Attitude, they were, we were going through that whole process of equity minimum for mm. commercial dancers because that's something that wasn't really done before. Yeah. Um, but I remember fighting with the company saying, no, these dancers need to get paid this much. And this is what they're going to get for rehearsals. This is what they're getting for performance day. And, yeah. and they were like, oh, that's a lot of money. I'm like, yes, but that's the way I want the industry to go. We need to make sure that each artist is really looked after and, yeah. you know, and which is fair. Because you were actually our negotiation point then. I yeah. remember being like, we need taxis home or we need this. And yeah, what can we sort out? And you were like, leave it with me. And to be fair, you always got it sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't even yeah. in that position, I guess, then, were you? Well, you know, it's I was kind of in between between the company. Like the company hired me to produce you guys. Mm. Um, so it would have been a lot easier for me to be like, sorry, no, get your own taxi home. Um, yeah. But because I was a performer myself and I know what it's like, I wanted, I've always been of the idea that whoever works for me, has to be treated the way I want to be treated. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I always wanted to make sure that you were looked after. Yeah. With the, um, going back to like the, you know, pay and stuff like that, the, the commercial world over the past two years has definitely improved. Like, thanks to Shout Out Dancers Network, like they're doing yeah. great things for the commercial scene. But it's kind of like, because like you said, we never really had that equity standpoint. We never had like a, a book to fall back on and go, well, here are the rules, you know? Yeah. Um, has it that changed at all in the in like the musical theater side of stuff? Because obviously inflation is a real thing. <laughs> like yeah. all of our rent goes up, all of our tube goes yeah. up. Do you see any change within like payments and stuff? Because I mean, I've never done anything in the West End, but I was always, and please correct me if I'm making this up and chatting shit. Uh, you get paid like um, an amount, whatever your lump sum is, depends what theater you can be in and how many seats it holds. And all these different things depends. What, yeah, whether it's West End, whether it's you know out of town commercial, all of the, those are different factors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it mostly depends on the producers as well. Yeah. I mean, so I know we've had a new salt equity agreement that came out well a couple of weeks ago now. And I've I was at lunch with some producers, and they said we disagree with it, even though it's beneficial for us. We're not going to stick by it because we don't think it's good enough. Mm. Um, so I think you know producers will always there's a there's an equity minimum. And then some of them will go by that. Some of them will pay maybe a little bit more depending on what the job is or depending what they think is fair. Yeah. And what the role... Cause I, I, I sometimes think that, like, everyone should obviously get paid, like, equally. Like, but then yeah. as in, like, if you're in the ensemble. But sometimes I'm like, but that person that's got the track that's doing, like, 86 backflips a night and, like, you know, put it... 
the the risk of injury is far higher than someone else's. Like, yeah, they, I I believe they should be constant uh, um, compensated for that. Some some shows have danger pay depending on the show, but I mean, if you're backflipping, it's not classified as danger pay. Yeah, but which is mental, yeah. like because yeah. <laughs> you're doing it on a rake stage ten times a week. <laughs> dressed as you know not in a great outfit maybe <laughs> yeah yeah it, those are the things which I was always a bit like this doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah because <laughs> um, like in the states they have like hazard pay and stuff and I was just I, I never really saw that land over here and it would have been lovely if it did yeah I think the UK could have some stronger agreements when it comes to stuff like this mm. Yeah. When it comes to uh, you guys pitching for like pitching work for your clients, uh, how does that how does that work? What's the process like of you putting forward, say, me, if I'm on your management, if I'm in your company, if you're putting me forward for a role? How does that side of things work? Do people just send out like an email and go, we're looking for someone to fit this role and you send everyone you have? Or do you really try and specifically push certain individuals if they fit that brief more than others? Uh, both. Could you answer that, or do you want me to take it? Where I mean, yeah, like you say, it, it's 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 both. We're we're very very, I would say, picky with who we submit for mm-hmm. castings. Um, you know, for, for every breakdown that comes in, we have to make sure that the, who we're putting forward to that casting director fits the brief mm-hmm. that's come out perfectly. You know, so we really do take the time to look at every individual client that we represent and make sure that we submit, you know, accordingly. Um, however, you know, if if someone is suitable, you know, for a still photography, you know, submission, if they, you know, got a certain look, certain height, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not very specific, specific in skill set, mm-hmm. then we will obviously submit those clients who are suitable. Yeah. Um so so yeah. yeah i think going back as well you know when you said um how do we get to where we are now that's what's always been part of how we did things and so first of all being super picky with the clients that we represent mm-hmm. we've always had like even from the very beginning i always said i i only want people who are a 10 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10 yeah. you know we want the best um we've always had the rule in auditions or in a showcase if it's a maybe it's a no so if we get nice. to the end of the day and we have to talk about someone then, then they're not right for us mm-hmm. because we only want to look after people that at the end of the day, we go, oh my God, I want her, I want him. And we have to fight between the agents to see who looks <laughs> after them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the talent that we want to represent. Um, and then same thing with the submissions, um, whatever we get in, um, breakdowns, as Kiri said, we're always very picky with who we submit for what. Um, so if there's a commercial or a feature film, well, don't just put in, looking for boys 20 to 30. We won't just submit everyone for every character, for every role. Yeah. We're picky and making sure that each description will match the character of, and the client. Yeah, and I um, guess... And I think... Go on, sorry. No, I was going to say, and in that way, also casting directors have respected us for what we do yeah. um, and know that we know what we're doing. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was just going to say before I just blurted out amidst the view sentence, sorry. <laughs> I was like, and then I guess it gives you a better uh, relationship with the casting director because they know that 
you know, you're not going to take the piss and be like, here's 40 exactly. battle boys and go. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And they, and they, yeah. you know, and they, and they do, they do these casting directors, you know, God, God love them. You know, we, 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 we've been talking to a few of them, you know, when we were over lockdown, we did some Instagram lives and we were lucky enough to, you know, have, you know, some of the, the uh, you know, the top casting directors on with us. And, you know, they get submissions sometimes, 10,000 submissions for, you know, just, yeah. you know, yeah. for, for, from all agents. But then obviously, you know, if they're getting hundreds from just one agent for one breakdown or maybe one role, they just it's just going to take up too much of their time. So they want to be looking at agents that they can really trust. Yeah, and I guess that's what's yeah. great about the musical theatre, having a sole agent, because the same process probably happens on the commercial side, but my five agents might all <laughs> send me in, you know? Yeah. yeah. They get double the yeah. workload. No, that's great. Um, I have some questions that people sent in, if you don't mind me um, picking them apart. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Um, Go for it. Someone said what makes them different and unique compared to other agencies. Well, I feel like you've pretty much answered that, but if you've got more to add in... <laughs> Um, I think I think it's I think it's the relationship that we have with our clients. Mm-hmm. I I am very I pride myself on having top 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 communication with every single one of my clients. Mm-hmm. I will never ever say to them, "I'm too busy. Yeah. Don't call me. I'll call you." That is not the way that I work because you need to gain respect from your client as much as they respect you as an agent. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you have to respect who you're working for, because at the end of the day, you know, I've been there, I've done that, I've had my career, I want to make sure that my clients are getting to where they want to get to. So I think what sets, I know, personally, from me, you know, me aside, is just the communication that that I have to have with every single yeah. one of them. Yeah. You know, I feel a bit lost think, if we're not communicating all the time. I'm like, why, why, you know, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that's massive because like I've, you know, over a long period of a decade of a career, spoke to so many people where they're, they're, they have a, a fear of their agent or their manager, you know, and there's like... Yeah, for me, those are horror stories. <laughs> like, I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, I'm afraid to tell them that, they, like, I've got to go away and I can't make this casting now. And I'm like, Why? Like, like you're working together. Like they're they're not your they're not your boss. Like it's a relationship. You're a team. Yeah. You've got to figure out what's best for both of you. Or I'm not in the right headspace to go to this casting. Like they won't get. They shouldn't get pissed at you. They should try and help you come through the other side of this. So you absolutely get back to it. You know. And you know, like you said, there there's some horror stories. But when I hear people go, I'm afraid that they're going to get angry at me or this. And I'm like, well, no, it's it's a team effort. You need to tell them how you feel, and they need to help you get through it and you know what and the thing is the thing is if there's always that communication between agent and client you will always be on the same page Mm. you literally some of the words i was going to say that's why communication is key because we need to know (laughs) what the client wants to do and does not want to do yeah so we can work well together yeah and you know the moment that that client starts to shy away you know, or maybe they're, you know, kind of thinking, oh, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to tell my agent because they're too busy or blah, 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 blah. You know, I always say, like, like I said before, I'm never too busy. If you have a problem, if you're not in the right headspace, you know, and let's face it, right now at the moment, our mental health is just, you know, it's so important, more important than ever so right important. now. Yeah. You know, and I, I want to make sure that every single one of my clients 
is okay, firstly, health-wise. Mm-hmm. All of the other stuff, of course, you know, I still have to do my job, you know, and we still have to do what we do. But but that is the most imperative, most important thing firsthand. Yeah. So that there has to be that communication for it to work. Yeah, I agree. And I that yeah, if you can, if that's what sets you apart from other agents, because my relationships with agents that I've had in the past, you know, there was never that. So that alone is a for me a step in the right direction. Is if you're thinking. Uh, if I'm gonna, if, if I'm looking to join an agency and I'm trying to pick which agency to join, find out who have their relationships with their clients, and that's what you want to try and aim towards, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, my friend Chanel said, "What's the best way to approach an agency or get an agent? In your case, a management company." I would say, if you're in a show, just invite them to a show, come and mm-hmm. see you performing. Um, we do hold auditions once or twice a year. Um, So ideally, we'd want to see the person perform, whether it's an audition room or on stage, um, to really see the performance. If that's not possible, then make sure that you have a good show reel, a voice reel, as much material as possible, so that we can really see what your skill sets are. Yeah. Do you think... Make sure your CV is up to date. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you you bring it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Make, make sure you bring it, or, or if you're emailing in, make sure that you attach it to your to your email. I, I mean, I doubt that happens in empty world very much, but in commercial world, the amount of auditions you go to, and someone's like, "I haven't got my CV," and they write their name and phone number on a piece of paper, and you know, you're like, "You've already not got it." Like, you've already not got it. Oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, that's a point off. <laughs> like, they already now can't trust you to respond to an email. Like, you're I already. Do, I just remember back in the days when I used to go to audition, and you know, this is before like there was everything was digital because nowadays a lot of casting directors will have stuff in advance but back then something would happen i remember like ada forgot it um or like coffee was spilled over it and i used to run around covent garden looking for a printing shop yeah print my cv (laughs) or like or maybe i only had one with them with me and then i went to an audition right after and i was like shit i didn't have a second one go find someone to print yeah do you remember where (laughs) fitness first used to be in covent garden Yes. There, yeah. used to be, there used to be like a little shop by there and I made friends with a guy because he had a print with in the... it. Stop. <laughs> I used to go there before every every morning. I would ne- I would always go there and I'd be like, can I print my CV? And he'd be like, yeah, man. And he'd have it on his like, I don't know why I gave an American accent. He definitely wasn't. <laughs> I was going to say, he's American, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm showing off my skill set to you guys. Oh my um, God. <laughs> oh my God. And uh, yeah, he would have it on his on his like files on his computer and he'd print it off for me. <laughs> So every time I was like, I always knew that I could just go there in the morning on my way to onto pineapple. Yeah, ready. (laughs) Um, That's funny, but that's so true. And it so many people forget just the simple stuff. Um, Yeah. Also, sorry, when when you just singing audition, don't forget your sheet music. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, You were saying about like the the best way to approach an agency or get on an agency and you say to go and see them in a show or in an audition room. Okay. So what's your, what's your take on, because I really believe that auditioning is a very separate skill than performing because there's so many different things to it. You know, you can see some people who on stage are absolutely phenomenal out of this world. And then in an Mm -hmm. audition, they're absolute garbage and vice versa. You know, some yeah. people have that thing where they're when they're in an audition, they can shine and then you put the the big lights on and put them in front of a thousand people and they crumble. Like, yeah. how do you go about, I guess, fa- finding the balance of two? Because it's quite, you know, 
it's just a shame that that is how we pick people we put them in those mm -hmm. pressures but you know if if you shine at one and don't shine at the other there's no way for us to find out until you do it yeah yeah i think if if someone has worked already and they they have done a decent amount of stuff then you know that they must be doing something right yes. um what we try and do with new graduates is to do a panel day as well as see them in a showcase mm. um so that's something that we definitely try and do um so we can see the balance of two I mean, what's important really is the audition because that's what's going to get you the job. Yeah. And then the performance can always hopefully grow if you have a good director and a creative team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, perfect. Uh, my phone keeps locking. That's so annoying. Uh, what are some things you look for when scouting talent? I guess besides the obvious of them being good. Talent. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I think talent are nice people. Someone that it's going to be good to work with. Cause that's one thing that I've always, that I always tell my clients that I've, I've learned is that if you're nice, people will keep rehiring you. Mm -hmm. And I think as a producer as well, I would rather work with someone slightly less talented, but that I worked with before. And mm -hmm. I know they're going to be on time. They're going to be in rehearsal every day. They're going to deliver and that you can have a good laugh and they're going to be professional. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Especially the be on time one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we finally remember this is, I think, many many years ago. Um, we were in 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 a college, and it was it was a big college. Well, it is a big college, and it was a long day. And this girl comes in, um, and I think it was just before six o'clock, and she walks oh, in yeah. and she says, <laughs> she says, "Oh, I've been waiting all day to sing." Okay. And it's just the way she said it. It just came across, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And before she even started singing, I was like, "I just wrote down on a scorecard, diva," and that was a no for me because it doesn't <laughs> matter how talented she could have been, I didn't want to. And work I think with she someone. was. I think she was very. I think she was an amazing singer as well. And I, I yeah. but we just didn't. We just didn't go for her because it was the attitude that came in. Yeah, I, oh. I, I think as well, like in a in a room, especially what I look for, you know, when we're in the audition room, we have our open auditions for people to come to see us. I am looking at people from the moment they walk in that room. Mm -hmm. I like the moment that you walk into that audition room and there's a panel there, you're on show, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to you have to kind of, you know, kind of get yourself into that mindset. Okay. I'm in an audition. I'm showing myself off in front of people. You know, I want them to want me. Yeah. So the, the energy that you give off and it's, it's a massive thing for me. I ride on energy. Like I'm, I'm attracted to kind of like people's auras, you know, the way that they walk around, the way they smile, if they're helping someone else as well, that's what I really am drawn to, to say if someone's struggling with a set, Mm. And I see someone go up to them and say, look, can I help you? Like, do you need any help? You know, I'm like, okay, great. You know, that girl is she's, an amazing dancer. She's already yeah. helped someone. That means she'd be great dance captain. Mm. She's going to be a great team player. You know, there's all these little things that kind of, you know, set someone that, apart from the from the rest, you know. And let's face yeah. it, there's a lot of people now. Yeah. And when I when I feel that we were performing, I don't feel like there were, you know was a, as many performers back then. So no, now there are sure. so many. Now there are so many. So it's so important to stand out, not just with your talent, not just with your technique, not just with your look, but your personality. Have a personality. Yeah. No. This, like this... Always, always be kind. Be nice to people because it, it goes the other way around. If you think of it, if you're a dancer 
that works with a choreographer and they could be amazing. They could be one of the top choreographers. If they in rehearsal continuously abuse you, treat you like shit, uh, don't respect you as a performer, mm. would you keep working with that choreographer in the future? If no. you're an amazing person that could get work with anyone else, you're going to say no to that job in the future. Yeah. So it goes yeah. the other way around too. Yeah, I was going to say, well, it depends if my rent's due, but yeah, you said <laughs> yeah. I can work for anyone else. So, yeah. <laughs> and, um, if you are really talented. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm average, so I need to. Um, <laughs> uh, does age, race, or gender play a role when scouting talent? If so, why? Not for me. No, I think what I just want a bit of everything. So if I don't have anyone that's, 35 and there's an amazing actor who's 35 i'm gonna be like yes i don't have anyone that fits that box mm -hmm. um but equally if i already have seven people that are in that box and i have to see one more that's amazing i still want them so it makes no difference yeah because if a casting comes in and if i have one person that's right for it i'll get one person in if i have seven yeah. i'll get all seven in yeah and that one person might not have got the job but one of the seven might yeah exactly yeah uh I've got, uh, what do they look for? Done that. Lots of people ask the same questions, you know. Uh, what do they suggest for someone that's trying to break into the industry? Work hard uh, yeah. <laughs> and be prepared. <laughs> yeah. I would say it goes from training, from the start of training. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, can, I can say this from my experience. I remember the first year that I went to college and... Um, I got into the Northern Ballet School not on a scholarship. I wasn't on a scholarship, so I wasn't I wasn't that great when I started. I just I just had like the passion and the drive that I knew I was going to work hard. But the first year that I went to Northern, I kind of took it like I I didn't I didn't know what was going on. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you're a 16 year old girl. You're from Cardiff. You've never left there. Represent. You know, when you... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, it's actually funny because I'm trying not to go really Welsh. I can I hear it as soon as you come really on. Welsh. That's why it's I asked if out. we've met. Because I was like, <laughs> she's from Cardiff. She's Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of t taking you out of that comfort zone of your own home. You go away to train. It's hard. And the first year, I think I lost the first year. I can't remember it. I can't remember. I didn't want to go. I remember saying to my mum, I'm coming home. She was like, no, you're bloody not. I bloody paid for you to go there. You're staying there. <laughs> um, you know, and I just remember like not, thinking, what the hell am I doing? But I thought, you know what? Let's just stick at it. So then the second and the third year, I just went crazy, 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 crazy on like just working so hard, training my body so hard, eating the right things, you know, like doing all the things that I was supposed to do. And from the moment, from the day that I graduated, from the work that I put in on the, in, the, in those two years, mm -hmm. enabled me to get a job straight away. And I was the, I think I was, I was one of the only ones to get a job graduating like the the week of graduating and like you know I didn't even have a scholarship so I had a lot to prove um but the 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 mental kind of capacity to to work hard like Taryn said you have to take it from the moment you start training mm. yeah the moment you start training is the moment that you're trying to break into the industry yeah so you know as soon as you graduate 
that hard work needs to keep on going. You know, you're not there when you when you graduate on your third year. You're not at your pinnacle yet. You know, you have to keep going. Have to keep going. Mm. Um, and also, you know, hustling. Like just network. It's so much easier now. You know, with social media. Oh and, my god! And, People, everyone and that moans. Everyone that moans now. Like, oh, I can't get yeah. by someone. I'm like, what? <laughs> Of course you can. What? Tag them. Yeah. Like... It's like it's like impossible not to, right? <laughs> yeah. Everyone can see yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. T- tag them. Hashtag it. Hashtag uh-huh. it. Do something. Um, yeah. But obviously, you know, you've it, it, people have just got so much kind of um, what it was the word. You know, they've got they've got a, you've got everything at your fingertips to break into the industry. Yeah. You know, I think you've just got to market yourself in the mm. right way. That's a that massive thing as well. Market yourself. Yeah, how do you feel about uh, when clients market themselves? Like, what are the things that you look for with how they market themselves? Because obviously now it's so much more than just uh, what are they like when they come to the audition? Because, you know, you see that they go write down your Instagram handle or write down your, yeah. you know, your socials. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you feel about that? And what do you recommend your clients or people trying to break in to do to market themselves? We always tell our clients, and we've talked about this so many times on different panel days, and to make sure that you're aware of whatever you put on social media, because it's once it's out there, it's out there, and you'd be surprised how many casting directors, producers, creatives actually look at clients or performers' Instagram or social media when they get to a final audition. Yeah, you know, and we've we've had conversation with casting directors, and. They basically, if someone doesn't show up or someone is unwell, a lot of times they'll just quickly check the social media and this mm-hmm. person was out drinking till four o'clock last night. So, yeah. the, you know, the, thank God it's never happened with us. But something like that, of course, you will be dropping immediately by your agent because it's completely unprofessional. Mm-hmm. That casting director is never going to see you. You know, so just be smart. You know, we've, we've all made mistakes. And if you sort of run a night out and you would realize that you have an audition tomorrow and you're completely messed up, then just be honest. Tell your agents, like, sorry, I really can't make it. And, yeah. you know, be honest and don't put anything on your social media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's about being smart, isn't it? It's just like smart marketing for yourself. You know, we always say if you if you want to have, you know, social media handles, which is great, you have to have it nowadays, you know, maybe have two. So have one yeah. for your personal life and have one, you know, to promote you as a performer. So. Yeah. Everything, because, every, every content in class needs to go on that. And you out drinking till four, which is great. You know, those in your personal. I, I bet we, I bet we all can't <laughs> wait to do that. Put it in your personal. You know. Yeah, yeah. we say and have your because you're your own business, so you need to have your professional as a business, yeah. and then your private one. You have your friends and family on there, and it's private. It's not public, and you put whatever shit you want on there. But then your professional ones is you as a performer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I've got, what are your turn-offs for dancers? I guess you could just do performers, but like what turns you off, I guess, having a client? What turns me off? Um... I think it's a hard one for me because I always look for what excites me. Um, So I don't look for what someone's not doing, Mm. but I look for what they can do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like that? Like I always say that uh, um, I teach at Wilkes Academy and I always really try and like really drill that into the student's head of like, stop worrying about what you're not doing 
and worry yeah. about what you are doing because like yeah. when you're in the audition they're not looking for your flaws they're looking for your qualities so if you know exactly. that like your pickup isn't the best thing in the world but you you can perform the hell out of anything don't lose that quality of being able to perform it like perform the best thing in the world it, yeah. because you're you're stressing about picking it up because they'll go they've learned this in 20 minutes or an hour but they're gonna have a month rehearsal to learn it but look how amazing yeah. they perform it you know what i mean and i feel like as performers we we do have that thing where we you know we want to be as perfect as possible and we as humans we hone in on what we're bad at mm-hmm. yeah you know? i think when it when it comes to training you should always work on your weaknesses of course um but when it comes to then an audition scenario focus on what you, your strengths are and what you can bring yeah because you're trying to show the best sides of you yeah yeah, I, I think I think what sometimes uh, not annoys me so much, but kind of sometimes what, when I feel like, oh, I wish you just like tried a little bit more. We've had a few scenarios in open auditions when someone will come to us, they'll come in and see us, you know, and they'll start doing the routine, you know, and then we call their numbers out and they've left, you know, and because it's like they, you know, they said to the person next to them, oh, I don't think this is for me. This style is not for me, yeah, you know, yeah. or so and so, so and so. And I'm just like, oh, I wish you could just come up to, to us, one of us, and just said, I, I'm actually, you know, I, I'm actually better at this kind of style. And we normally would say, well, why don't you stay till the end? You know, if you've got something quirky yeah. about you, something's a little bit different, come and show us after. Yeah, don't just leave. Don't just leave because you've obviously happens, got something. It happens with a lot of boys. So when we for, when we audition dancers... We'll, we'll do a ballet round, then it's a technical routine, then it's commercial. So we really get to see a lot of different styles. Um, and then we go on to recalls the day after. Yeah. Um, and so for a lot of boys they don't who don't have technique, they'll see the, the ballet combo, which is the first thing, where we cut from like 200 dancers to maybe 75. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll say, oh, this is not for me, I'm going to leave. Whereas if you're an amazing commercial dancer... There's a lot of shows like The Bodyguard, Thriller, those kind of yeah. shows. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of commercial it. breakdowns, like TV commercial breakdowns, yeah. where they mm. need someone who can be a locker, a popper, you know, whatever. Mm. Like, like just come up and tell us. Yeah. So I think, you know, if we were casting for something and then you realize that's not for you, fine, because they're looking for you to take every single box. Yeah. Uh, but as an agency, then we just want to see what you can do and make sure that we can find your work and then we can help that. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, this is a good one. Uh, it's from my friend Holly. She said, uh, if someone is writing you an email address, or if they're writing you an email, how would you guys want to be addressed? So say they haven't got your personal email and they're just emailing into you management. How would you like to be addressed? And I actually think I saw this on the industry eye the other day. So maybe she's taken it, which is the Instagram page. Have you guys seen it? No. There's an Instagram page called the Industry Eye. And it's really okay. confusing because they advertised it like they were going to start like calling people out and stuff. And actually all they do now is leave good information and put some silly little jokes on there. But it's quite good. Um okay, but, cool. <laughs> so I don't know, but that's not how they advertised they were gonna do, as if they were gonna oh. like, call people out on bullshit. But they've not done that, so it's actually been quite beneficial. Um oh. but, <laughs> but <laughs> it's actually been quite good. They do some good information. Um but yeah, so she said, how would you guys want to be addressed? Like, what do they write in? Do they go, hey, Terrence and Kiri? Kiri? Do they go, hey, you management? I think just, hey, you management. I mean, there's, yeah. overall in a company, there's 10 of us now. There's five of us agents in London, um, plus an assistant on social media. Um, then we have three agents in Germany. 
So I think to just write every single name, sometimes we'll get, hi, Terence, Kiri, Georgia, Laura, like, oh, <laughs> it just goes on forever because they just copy every name from the website. Which is nice, um, which is nice that they've taken yeah. the time to put us all down. But sometimes yeah. I feel like, oh, you know, you just wasted your time. You, you know, the person who's writing in, you know, yeah. just write a high team, high team or, you know, yeah. hey, you Mandarin, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be, that would be fine. Um, I think one thing that you always need to make sure is that you don't just copy paste emails because um, we've had, you know, hi, Tom. And I'm like, who's Tom? Who's or, Tom? you know, they're like, <laughs> clearly they've just copied it from another agency. Or what yeah. happens is that they'll BCC every agency every together. Agent. <laughs> and sometimes it's happened, well, quite regularly. They'll just CC agencies in. I'm like, if you want to, if you're looking for an agency, the least you can do is spend the time to actually write the email and you can still copy paste the body of the email yeah. but just you know a little the heading the subject or you know it's just yeah it just looks a bit shit when you it, can't even be bothered to give yourself the time if this is really that important for you yeah <laughs> i can imagine as well you i i can imagine you getting that terence and be like tom who the fuck is tom <laughs> um no he would call me up and be like Kids, do we know a Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I've hired someone called Tom and I don't remember. <laughs> um, uh, this is from uh, Danny Cash. This is good. Uh, what do you look for in online submissions, especially in this current time? Because obviously everything is now going down the, I guess, the electronic route where people are casting from submissions far more than they are from yeah. auditions, you know? So what are things that they can do to make it better? Or what do you look for? Have a good show for reel. For me, it's footage. Yeah. Yeah, show reel. It's my headphone. Oh. Um, sorry, I, I lost my headphone. I couldn't hear you. Sorry, carry on. Okay. Yeah, what do you look for? As you both said show reel. Yeah, good footage. Really good, clear footage of, you know, it can either be a show reel, a dance reel, and something that's quite close up, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I've done. I've, we did a few uh, Instagram lives, and I and I and I hit on the subject of um, dance reels or show reels or vocal reels. It just needs to show you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in regards to so, say for example, someone's done. I don't know. Let's use the EMAs and st- or something like that. Something where it's yeah. like mm-hmm. a big mass production, and you're on a huge stage in front of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Would you rather see a clip of that and knowing that they have been a part of that production? or a close-up of their face on something less, more glamorous? But you see I would that. say a, a close-up. I mean, we can I look at the CV. Yeah. You know, if you want to, if you really, if it's something amazing and you want to make sure that we don't miss it, then mm. put five seconds in there. Uh, but we've had it, you know, a lot of show reels for dancers and they're performing a movie with the whole college. And there's about 40 people on stage and it doesn't even say which side of the stage you're on. Yeah, and it, if if you know, like, if that person was my daughter, then I'll know exactly which one she is. Or if it was my client, I could see how she's dancing. Um, but when you're a stranger to this person, you're not gonna know who they are. Or sometimes mm. there'll be a 10 second clip, and it t- says, you know, third from the right, and you're like one, two, three, and you're counting, and then they're uh, moving, and then the 10 seconds are passed, and the clip is gone, and you're like, like oh, ah, which gone. one was she? <laughs> rewind, rewind. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's good. Okay, so what? How do you feel? Because I see a lot of, especially graduates who have very little performance experience. They make their own show reels of them dancing like a class combo and they try and film it in a fancy way and stuff like that. How do you feel about that? I'm like old school. Like if you haven't got the 
the means of you know an expensive piece of, quit, of equipment to video yourself if you've just got a phone and it and it's clear and we can see you that's fine mm. you know if you record it just off a phone you know and you don't even have any background music to it mm. to, I, i'm fine with that because all i want to see is the talent you yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't care about what song choice you've used to go in the background yeah of your of your reel you know mm. it's but that's what we always say as well you know if you if you have the money and the capability and you want to invest in a professional show reel um or especially a course. voice reel an acting reel great if you if you can invest it but you don't have to as long as you have a good computer and a mm. microphone you can do a good voice reel because at mm. the end of the day it's about your talent you're not producing a show so it doesn't matter how much money you're putting into it because it needs yeah. to wow people you just need to be about yourself and show up what you can do yeah no definitely but at the same time then so i i agree on all those points but it's like i always think of if you're looking through 150 submissions and they're all you know you're looking at a minute two minute some people do longer which is you know like mm-hmm. a four minute video yeah. and they want you to watch through that what's going to make them stand out because as much as we can say well their talent will like i judge dance competitions for a living and I, there's loads mm-hmm. of talented people but when i've been doing it for five hours you know it's real hard to pick apart who's who's good yeah. and who's bad sometimes or, or so there's got to be ways to make you stand out as well i mean I, at the beginning should be some the best that you can do something to show you off um, yeah. So if you're a singer and you're going to be able to belt define gravity, maybe have that in the first 15 seconds. So I'm like, yes, oh, yeah. wow, okay, now I'm interested and yeah. I'm going to watch the rest. Yeah. If the first 15 seconds is just your headshot and an email address and then another picture, I'm like, oh, my God, okay, I'm done. You know, yeah. so by the time I get to watch you perform, I've already wasted time. And doing lockdown, so any time between March and June, July, especially this year, we were getting probably about... I want to say 25, 30 emails a day of people just asking for a presentation. And we have like an internal system. We have Natasha as our secretary, who's amazing at sorting out all of our applications. Um, But we wanted to spend, you know, the same amount of time for each application to give everyone a fair chance. We went through every single one. Yeah. Every single one. Especially with showcases being cancelled and everything that was happening with lockdown and the industry. We were very vocal and wanted to support the industry. Um, You know, it was a lot of time. So if I'm spending... 15 seconds just watch looking at a picture that's wasted time where i could be seeing you dance or hearing you sing or act yeah no definitely it's actually really i i try and say to everyone like put your best bits first then you know we have this thing where like yeah. you want to save it for the end kind of like films are or like mm-hmm. you know yeah. like oh, a show no, like oh, you yeah. save it for the thing i'm like no the beginning because you've got to keep people interested um yeah. and yeah. i and i only learned that from uh all the like I'm really into comedy and I love watching comedians and what they've started doing is instead of putting their best gags at the end like so now there's so many on Netflix they put them in the first 10 minutes because statistics show that they don't stay it they don't keep the attention to watch it for longer than 25 so they put all their best jokes first you know yeah 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 it's so it's so important because you want to be laughing straight away right you're watching them you're watching them do their job right they want to you want to be caught by them straight away. And it's the same as watching a dancer or listening to a singer. You want to be invested in that person from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, and it's and the it's same al- with auditions. And it's always better to have it shorter than longer. 
at that client send over, you know, oh, I've just done my new reel and it's five minutes. And I was like, no one is going to give you five minutes of the time to watch that, you know? Yeah. And if people do, great. Um, but chances are that anything more than two, three minutes, they're not going to go past. Yeah. So and it's always better to have something less. And then, you know, if someone's writing in and we there's just one scene, they're an actor and it's just one scene. If, they, if it's a good scene, it's just maybe a minute. Great. We'll send them material. We'll ask them to take two different, you know, a monologue and a duologue. And mm. so then we'll ask for more. But if it's something that's too long, then it can only go counterproductive. Yeah. What, what about with dance ones when they are? Uh, so like some people will have like seven eights of them doing a choreography and then I'll show you another eight eights of them doing something else. Would you rather that or would you rather like uh, shorter clips of different i guess a different style or a different part of it you know i think shorter clips of different styles will be more beneficial mm. yeah 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 because i see quite a lot and they'll be like it's eight eights of them in the same room in the same outfit to the same piece of music showing the choreography and it's like i feel like all you're doing is showing me bits of choreography i'm not getting to see a show reel i'm just seeing a long part of one thing that you do you know yeah yeah I and mean, you're not it, seeing it might be this tinty. Yeah. yeah. If it's a routine that's been created on that purpose of to show you off for eight eights, then it could be amazing. Great. They're doing like different tricks or, you know, there will be like a kick and then a leap and then a pirouette. So I'm getting to see everything then fine. Um, you know, especially if it's in a studio, but if it's just a routine from class and there's no special elements in there that I've shown you off, then yeah. it can be, be boring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about people like emailing in at this time? Like obviously everyone's kind of panicking, especially students looking for representation, thinking, what do I do with my future? Would you rather everyone kind of hold off until the world comes back to normal? Or are you quite happy for people to like email in and stuff? Um, I mean, for us, our books are closed right now. I think for most agencies, they it's just a tough time, time to take new clients on. Mm. Um, like for us, we're hoping, and I'm very hopeful that from next year, I'm pulling through to March. From March, hopefully, the industry will go back to normal. Um, and then, obviously, the books will reopen. We can start considering new grads. Um, so I think I mean, if it doesn't hurt to reach out now. Um, if someone is amazing and maybe I've got a day and I'm bored, I'll look, I'll look through some emails um, in that folder. So it could be that, you know, it could be lucky and maybe someone even just pops up and I'm like, oh, okay, great. I'll come to our audition in next year whenever that will be 2022 um, yeah <laughs> um, i think it doesn't hurt you know email like if you're looking for a presentation email in um but don't expect an answer until the industry does pick back up because yeah. i think every agency is struggling right now when we're already struggling with the clients that we have to get them work and make sure that they can sustain themselves as performers because that's really the goal um so obviously we don't want to take on new clients to take away from the clients that we have now yeah for sure um what do you think that uh people should be doing this time because I, I know it's a it's been a huge tragedy for our industry that obviously this world's been on pause but i also think that we could really utilize this time to like hone in on our skills and pick up on our weaknesses because you know what it's like when you're in say for someone who's in a show in our industry i guess what happens is you get in a show and then your life becomes that show yeah. and we kind of we don't stop learning new things but we don't normally have the time or the energy and you know we kind yeah. of just focus put all our eggs in that basket whereas like 
I had um I had Rick Cheer on, who's the casting director for Cirque du Soleil last week, mm-hmm. and he yeah. was talking me through like uh what it's like for Cirque du Soleil as a company, and I had Mukta on as well, who's a creative director for them, and they were saying like, you know, their day. There is, everything's kind of like like a football. Let's like being in a football team. Like they have yeah. practice in the morning. You know, they'll they'll all take a dance class every morning in a different style. So everyone's skills are still like progressing as opposed yeah. to staying where they are. Mm-hmm. And in our industry, unless you kind of do that off your own back, off your own back you know, yeah. it doesn't happen. And that's why people normally, uh, not normally, but some people plateau. You know, once they start mm-hmm. working, mm-hmm. that's kind of their ceiling. They don't normally. Yeah gain new skills or pick up on their weaknesses they just practice that thing that they're getting hired for um so i really feel like this time is the most beneficial for us because it's kind of we've got no excuse again you've got time to figure out if you need to work on your image and like get in shape like all right gyms won't be open again but you can still do stuff from home when people haven't got time to uh prepare my meals so i always eat out on the go i'm like well now you've got time to look into how you should probably be fueling yourself you know you yeah. uh my weakness is uh my singing or my show reels not up to date or you know i'm not very flexible or my pirouettes suck like this is the time to utilize and practice on all those things that we always kind of put an excuse that we don't have time to do yeah 100 yeah, percent I think we had this in during the first lockdown um, with clients and if they kind of played an instrument or they played an instrument example when they were younger um, so we didn't have it on the spotlight or mm. it wasn't usable let's say I was like okay now you have the time even if it's just 20 minutes a day or one hour a week whatever it is try yeah. and pick up those skills um, whether it's that or it could be accents it could be you know anything just improve yourself because at the time we also said the industry is just going to get tougher and tougher which it, it has been over the last few years even more now um, there's going to be less work more clients more performers um, yeah. so basically just always be the better version of yourself and improve more and more skills as much as you can no definitely uh, but I also think as well trying to improve the the self motivation to be able to do those things whilst mm-hmm. in lockdown because yeah I know that you know so many people that I've spoken to they're just you know just low on energy just I just don't see what is you know why am I doing this mm-hmm. what is it all for when is it all going to come back to normal I think it's really important to practice self motivation and why you did it in the first yeah. place yeah I, I agree I think. Not forget, sorry, I was going to interrupt you and just say, like, not forget that the industry will go back to normal. You know, it is a tough time now and it, it, there has been and our government hasn't been supportive. So we're all going through this awful time right now. But don't not forgetting that theatres will reopen. Everything will start back up. So yeah. whether it's six months or a year or two years, you know, worst case scenario, we don't know how long it's going to be, but it will happen at some point. And so if you're trained all your life, if this is what you want to do, this is what you love to do, and this is what you were born to do, don't forget that only because this is just a tough year. Yeah, and and yeah, exactly that. And Kiri, I love what you said. Um, They were like, I saw lots of people being like, sharing things like, it's okay not to do a workout today, or it's okay not to practice your craft today. Don't feel pressured that you should be. And I'm like, well, it is, of course it's okay. But I actually think that if people especially over the first lockdown because it was so long even though this lockdown is going to be far shorter i believe it's going to be probably more miserable because no one's going to go outside no one's going to go for a walk because it's pissing down like i actually think if people give themselves a a routine 
to follow or if they go i'm just going to accomplish this one thing a day then their low level energy that they all have or not they all but people have and they go yeah. oh I, I can't i'm not in the right headspace you'll feel like some sort of achievement and you'll feel a, yeah. like a, a snowball effect you know like definitely it'll you get the ball start rolling and then you'll start to go actually that was dope i achieved loads yesterday much more than i thought i was going to and you'll want to be more productive and i feel like we we've become a culture where we like finding excuses not to do stuff and now yeah. people are going like oh i feel you know i'm not in the right headspace and i'm like okay well that doesn't mean you have to do an hour of it just do 10 yeah. minutes of it yeah you know like and i think it's okay to have those days you know of course just, we all do we all we've all been through shit in life and sometimes you have that day that you just can't be bothered getting out of the couch yeah <laughs> um so it's okay to have those days but don't forget what your purpose is in life really i know it's a deep question um but if you know if you're born a performer don't forget that passion and the bigger picture and the bigger picture is like remember you do this because you love it right so exactly it shouldn't be that and difficult. you do it because you've trained too bloody hard not to not to give yourself yeah. not to give yourself that 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 respect yeah you know you've worked you've trained you've trained so hard like i'm sorry but i and, and this is what i said about you you know about us guys as an agency i've worked too bloody hard over the last eight years to become a success, successful can't even speak, <laughs> a successful a successful agent that i am not letting this bloody pandemic to ruin my hard work yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you know and i'm still even though we say oh you know we've had jobs cancelled <laughs> Taryn said to me last night so what are you gonna what are you gonna do for the next couple of days and i was like well I, i'm i'm constantly trying to work like i will magic up, i will magic up work like i yeah. will magic it up <laughs> because because i love it yeah so the moment that i take a step back from it of course it's gonna of course yeah. it's gonna start fading away and you're gonna start resenting it because you're not being able to do it at full capacity mm. but you have to you have to you have to you have to practice self-motivation and it, it if it if it helps you to pick up the phone and talk to a mate rather than putting something on your Instagram saying, you know, guys, don't feel sad, da 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 da, da. pick up the phone and say it to someone. Are you yeah. okay? Do you want to chat? Like, are you okay? If, you know, someone that you train with or someone you did a job with. Do you wanna? Do you wanna do a fitness class together today? Mm. Should we get each other on Facetime? Should we put some music on? Let's just have a laugh. Let's do it together. Yeah. You know, you can do those things. Yeah. Over the last few months, sorry, we've seen... I got very passionate. Yeah, no, you did. I was like, <laughs> I'm in. So sorry. I was with you. <laughs> we saw, you know, a lot of performers retiring over the last couple of months. Uh, people that just say, "This is not for me anymore." which mm. is so sad. And if, if they realize they don't enjoy it, fair enough, 100%. Mm. But if they just realize that it's too hard with the current situation, you know, it would be, if you're a dancer and you have an injury, you're not going to think, oh, I'm done. I'm not going to perform anymore. No, you're going to go to physio. You're going to get that injury back to 100%. Mm. And you're going to keep performing. At the end of the day, you know, it's six months, a year. It's not that long. People can be out of work for a long time or, can, you know, due to injury or issues and difficulties you'll still keep fighting and then go back into your performing and have an amazing career after. Yeah. I've had, you know, I've, it, it's happened with clients, with friends um, who have worked and have done, you know, Western shows and then nothing for a year and a half, always in the finals, never a job. And that client, I would never let go of that client because I always believed in the talent, mm. you know, but it happens. And it, in that year and a half, uh, this one particular client, she didn't think, oh, I'm going to give up. 
she kept fighting and then boom, then she's gone back into show after show after show. Yeah. yeah. There are these little blips. Yeah, some some I always say the ones that are gonna be successful are the ones that are the most persistent. You know, yeah. like I feel like some people they'll uh, they'll back out or they'll you know they'll hang up their shoes or like give in or start like slowing down their momentum just yeah. before they get to the door. You know, yeah. like it, or maybe all they needed was another month. Yeah, but I think also because it it is a tough industry. That's what a lot of people don't talk about and realize that it's mm. not just about talent. You know, there's so many other factors, and I think it starts from college days. I remember like when I started college there was 40 of us in my first year and only I think what is it 16 or 17 finished yeah you know, so probably, it's like so many probably two worked yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no so there's so many people that you know realize it's not for them because it's not just performing it yeah it's a lot you can enjoy to sing and dance and act but then when it becomes your work it's more than just a passion you have to have that drive and that commitment and it is not for everyone you know mm. No, but if, if it sure. is what you if it is what you love, you got to just keep fighting for it. Yeah, Mukta said something wonderful. He was like, "You need to think what's the end goal. If the light at the end of the tunnel is a paycheck, you're going to find some sort of resentment when it's not there. But if the light yeah. at the end yeah. of the tunnel is just because you love it, you're always going to be able to find the moment, like the motivation and the joy to do it." And I was like, "That's yeah. so that. good." Because as soon as I, you know, as soon as this becomes a business, which it is a business for us all, uh, then it becomes stress because then it becomes the thing that figures out all the other stresses in your life you know but yeah. when it's just a hobby it's you know yeah. you're secretly a winning so if you can find the the head capacity to sometimes be able to go do you know what today i'm doing this because i love it and not because it's i'm grafting on a check or i'm trying to do yeah. something maybe it'll be a nicer experience trying to get yourself to do it and then doing it for sure yeah. and just realize about you know about yourself realize why you love it not why so-and-so is telling you to do it or, mm. you know, parents, you know, or family members. Oh, you know, oh, my, my, you know, my daughter, my son's, um, you know, a dancer. And, you know, it, use that identity that you know from yourself, like from within your soul. Like keep doing it for you. Don't do yeah. it for anyone else. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah. yeah um that's all my questions deep. yeah it is i'm like <laughs> uh, yeah but i'm motivated I, i'm i'm gonna do some push-ups some yeah, squat like, jumps i'm like let's go it. um <laughs> yeah guys thank you so much for taking your time to come on it's been an absolute no, pleasure. thank you for having us of course no problem whatsoever honestly it's a it's nice for me to talk to i guess people who are it's weird right because we all we we work so closely but you have such a different uh, avenue of our industry than I do, even though they're like parallel yeah. together, you know? So it's nice. It's like you're in the fast lane and I'm in the middle lane. <laughs> and we just kind of stay in those <laughs> lanes sometimes, even though you're driving side by side. Um, but no, thank you so much for your time. You know, it's been fun. Having us. It was a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, and you, uh, Kiri, I hope to meet you again one day. And Terence, I hope to see you soon. For yeah, sure. sure. I wish you guys all the best. Um, <laughs> And if there's anything you need me to promote or put in the bio or at the intro, please just send it through and I shall do that for you. Okay. Sweet. All right. Thanks okay, so much, guys. Great. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Internet's podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. One love. Peace. The Internet's podcast with your host, Kane Silver.